Across America, BP supports more than 275,000 jobs to keep energy flowing. Jobs like updating turbines at one of our Indiana wind farms and producing more oil and gas with fewer operational emissions in the Gulf of Mexico. It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America. VR training platforms like the one developed by Fundamental VR and Orbis International are helping surgeons train over and over before operating on real patients. As you practice each skill, the muscle memory starts to develop. Learn more at meta.com slash metaverse impact. The following podcast is a Dear Media production. Hi, friends. I'm Cameron Rogers, host of Freckle Foodie and Friends podcast, which is now on Dear Media. Are you wondering what just happened to your life after having a baby or struggling with your mental health during postpartum? That was me just a few months ago. Are you working on healing your relationship with yourself, your body, and or food? Same. We are all on a journey to self-love and acceptance, and I'm right there with you. That's what Freckled Foodie and Friends is all about, reminding you that no matter what, you are not alone. Make sure to tune in for season five, launching with Dear Media on November 9th and subscribe to listen to new episodes every Wednesday morning. Welcome to Real Pod. It's your host, Victoria Garrick. And this is the podcast where we hold nothing back. Oh, so we're getting deep, huh? I really cried for 12 days straight. Why do I want to be perfect? There's nothing in my life that is perfect. Every week, I'll bring you honest, unfiltered, and eye-opening conversations to help uncover the real in all of us. I crave the type of content that you're talking about. I actually felt insecure. Oh my God, am I going to cry? Let me just unload everything. (laughs) (laughs) New episodes every Wednesday. Leave those filters at the door because it's time to get real. I have been dying to have a conversation on RealPod about sexy. What is sexy? Okay, first of all, what is it? What does it mean to be sexy, to feel sexy, to look sexy, to believe you're sexy? I mean, that is a journey that I've been on in my personal life for a few months now. I've tried to bring it to the podcast. It is so uncomfortable for me, you guys. I struggle to talk about sexiness and sex and those things. It it just doesn't feel natural to me. And I I want to have that conversation more because I really admire the like women these days who are so empowered in their sexuality and their bodies. And I really admire that. And I still harbor a lot of, I don't know what you would call it, like... I don't know if it's pruidity a word like prudeness. Like I just feel like I grew up geared more towards being prude. And so the new era of like embracing your inner slut, I'm so here for it. I also like don't know how to do it. <laughs> this is the first of many conversations I want to have on the podcast about this. I could not do this first conversation alone. And I thought, who is the perfect person that can just kind of spit bars on this and also has been influential in my own personal journey to feeling sexier and that side of myself? And I thought, who better than the beautiful, wonderful, inspiring Margot Renata? 
Margot is a world-renowned photographer. She shoots anywhere from Sports Illustrated models to cover models. She is also a spiritual guru and leader. She has a course called Sacred Slut Unleashed, which you can actually join if you want to work one-on-one with Margot. And overall, she is just the most unapologetic, badass human. And if you stalk her Instagram, you will see her frolicking around the world, often naked, like the little pixie fairy that she is. I just freaking love Margot. And her Instagram, we've linked it in the description. I met Margot through a bikini photo shoot I did with Ella. So Margot shoots with Ella a lot and she shoots a lot of amazing, beautiful, sexy, often naked women. Margot also shot my boudoir shoot. So she was very influential for me in just kind of getting more in tune with my own body. And I'm so excited to have her on the show today to have this like very dynamic conversation about what all of this means and how we interpret it as women. I'm so excited for this episode and I cannot wait to hear what you think about it. So please, please comment on the at RealPod Instagram, letting me know what your thoughts were and what you want to hear more of. I want to give a quick shout out to LS Maine. Hi, LS Maine. Left a five-star review, said seen and heard. Victoria's gift is making each of her listeners feel like we are old friends chatting about our lives over coffee. In short, each week when I tune into RealPod, I feel seen and heard in the content of this show. LS Maine, that is the sweetest thing ever. Seriously, thank you. And you all make me feel seen and heard by listening and creating this community with me where we can have these conversations. Thank you so, so much. And if any of you want to be the shout out on next week's episode, be sure to leave me a review on Apple Podcasts or a rating wherever you listen. All of that really helps out RealPod. Without further ado, let's get sexy and let's get into this episode. Welcome to Real Pod, babe. Thank you. I've been waiting patiently. <laughs> I'm literally so excited to have you on. I don't know why I didn't think of this sooner, but everything has, as I'm sure you know, divine timing. Yes, honey. I had to get on my like journey of which it's not sexuality, right? Because that's sexuality. Your relation is. I always think of that as like straight by pan. Like that's your relationship to other humans. What's the word for like your own sexiness? I think it's both. For me to differentiate, although I don't think like I think sexuality is just your relationship with your sexual energy, whether that's external or internal. I like to say sensuality sometimes because that just feels a little more what happens within. But it's it's all encompassing, I think. Yeah, I like the sensual part of it because it is a solo thing, which we'll get to because I think we've been convinced that sexuality and sexiness does have to come from like external things. But first of all, I want to talk about how we met which was I got asked by my friend Ella to do a bikini photo shoot, which was so out of the comfort zone. I'm standing there with like literal sports illustrated swimsuit models. Was and I fitting right in? Oh, you're too sweet. Was I the most awkward like person you've shot? No, no. Oh my really? gosh. No, not at all. Not at all. You, oh, I'm like going back to that day. That was a really fun day, a really challenging day, a long day, a uh, beautiful day. I hadn't worked with that many people on set in a long time because it was after COVID, Mm -hmm. right? So we had just taken a a while from working. Everyone had taken a a break from working on set with a lot of people. I was like totally 
I remember because Ella had obviously sent me everybody's profiles and whatever. And I was like, oh, my gosh, this is epic. And and Ella was like, Victoria's kind of nervous, like whatever. She hasn't really done this before. And I was like, oh, she's going to kill it. Like, look at how she shows up. Like, I can already feel her energy. And like, you were so nervous. But like when I remember, <laughs> I remember shooting you. I remember this moment very well. You're like, what do I do? Like, like, what face do I make? Like, I feel stupid. Like, oh, my God. And I'm like, do you have a boyfriend? And you were like, mm hmm. <laughs> you were like, yes. And I was like, OK, <laughs> what's it like when you're in the bedroom with him? And you're like, all right, <laughs> like do that. I'm dead. And it's so cute because obviously now you and Max are married and I've like seen just like the whole, the wedding and everything on like just following that on Instagram was so sweet. But I didn't know really anything about you other than a quick glance at your Instagram. So when I asked like, is there a man in your life or like a person in your life? You just like lit up and you were like, yes. And I was yeah. like, okay, bingo. I'm like that I can connect to. And I remember too, not feeling like I didn't, I was, I think the only person that was like, I'm not doing an ass shot. Like I will never be fully facing away from the camera. Like I just, and honestly, I wrote a note here in my notes for our conversation of just an asterisk, even for you of just like, you be yourself and say what you want. And if I'm uncomfortable, I almost feel like that's, that's relatable. And that's the point. Like, mm. I think we see a lot of the call her daddy conversations and it's it's super empowering. I love listening to some of that because I'm like, wow, like I almost wish I could unapologetically with no shame, embarrassment or cringe talk openly about that stuff. But I think I'm maybe like a lot of people who just like, like I can't because I have so much of that like Shame. Internal guilt. shame, I think. Yeah. And I didn't it's grow up like it wasn't like a religious thing. It wasn't anything really serious. I just did kind of grow up in the like, you know, there was slut shaming and there was what does it mean to be prude and like a lady. And I think I really have a lot of that bogging me down. I grew up in a super like liberal feminist household and my mom still slut shamed me when I was a teenager, even though she was also like, oh, you're 15. You're probably going to start having sex soon. Let's get you on birth control. We don't even have to talk about it. But she was also like, you look inappropriate in that tank top because I had a D cup at 15. Yeah. So like and and I don't even put that on my mom. It's just the societal programming like this shit goes 2000 years deep. Right. <laughs> like it really does. It really does. This shit goes back to like it. it's the oldest story ever told. It, it goes back to Adam and Eve. You know what I mean? Like it's that has been the story. It goes back to Adam and Eve. Can you tell us how it does? I so give us a the elementary whole, the school. Whole, lesson. Yeah. So like the whole Adam and Eve story, right, is that. Eve leads Adam into temptation like they eat the apple or take the apple because like she seduces him into it. And then if you go back to like. Literally like the Roman Empire, Emperor Constantine literally one day just decided like women are property, women are second class citizens, and we're actually going to re. this is getting a little bit into like religious history. I'm not a religious person, but I've looked into a lot of this because it is part of what's gotten us where we are today as women in terms of being oppressed, sexually oppressed physically oppressed, I mean, societally oppressed, like, you know, all the things, the patriarchy. All the, all the Yeah, yeah, like, how, how did we get, how did we get under, under this, like, patriarchal rule? Yeah, literally, Emperor Constantine was like, yeah, women are second-class citizens, like, forget about it, like, their property, and we're also going to rewrite, like, all of the stories of the Bible, and we're going to write women, literally, out of the Bible, we're going to write women out of any religious power that they had, so that the history that gets passed down, like, the Christian canon, is completely washed of women in power and and like we passed down the story of like women as property mm. and here we are in 2022 you're like still I'm still trying to recover from those stories still trying to move on from that and the effect it still has on me in today's world is i can't separate sexiness from men i literally can't i feel like it's 
being sexy is if men deem you sexy and your body looks the way that men have historically praised as a sexy body. And even if I want to step into my own power and like have my tits out and I mean, whenever I even think of having tits out, I think of tits out for the boys. Tits out. Like that's what you say. Like tits out for the boys. Like it's mm-hmm. why mm-hmm. for the fucking boys. Mm-hmm. Like, and I, I literally can't even dress promiscuous because I'm like, guys are looking at me and I don't want them to look at me. Right. I mean, this shit is so deep. I'm like, yeah. What I say to people who come to me and are like, I don't feel like I can be sexy or be in my sexual energy without feeling like I am just doing it to be of service to men or to cater to men is it's about empowerment. And that is such like a buzzword over the last couple of years that has been so overused. But like, no matter what, you're going to be sexualized as a woman because that's what men have also been programmed to do is to sexualize women, right? So much of this is patriarchal. It's not like men wake up and are like born and then like wake up every day and are like, I'm going to sexualize women. Like it's society, it's the media, it's everything, right? So it's like, it's not even like, oh, it's individual, like every man is bad because they wake up and sexualize women. It's like, this is the programming, right? We are programmed to be ashamed for our sexuality and men are programmed to sexualize us. It's deep, right? It's generational. So what we can do as women to change that is simply make the decision that like, like if you know yourself, if you're aligned in like where that's coming from, like when you're being sexy and you want to be sexy for yourself, that's all that matters. Because no matter what, yes, you're going to be sexualized. It's just going to happen. So there's no like, oh, how can I protect myself from being sexualized other than like wearing baggy clothes or whatever. You're still going to be sexualized. Like look at Billie Eilish. You know what I mean? Like it's going to even Lady Gaga, right? Like a super iconic thing I always remember about Lady Gaga. And I'm not even like a huge fan or anything, but from when I was a teenager, I remember seeing an interview and she was like, yeah, they like told me that I was going to be a pop star. And they were like, in order to be a pop star, you have to be fucking sexy and you have to like sex sell. So that's what you're going to have to do. And she was like, "Okay, then I'm going to make it fucking weird and I'm going to wear a meat suit and I'm going to sing about weird shit. and I'm going to wear stuff all over my face because like I'm going to make it my own. And if I'm bringing it back to my own experience, right, it's like I'm out here posting. I'm naked on Instagram. I'm, you know, doing all I do OnlyFans, all the stuff that I do. And people are like, oh, how do you not feel all this like constant guilt and shame and whatever? And I'm like, I just simply don't like the guilt and shame part. I just don't take it on as mine. I'm like, that's not mine. That's other people trying to put that on me. That's a story that's been told for thousands of years. And I'm just like, I'm done with that. I'm setting I'm setting the new example. I'm shifting into the new paradigm. Like I'm not living by those rules, that guilt and shame. I send it back to where it came from. I do this shit because it makes me feel good and it makes me feel free and And I'm trying as best as I can in this fucked up world to love myself and my body Mm -hmm. and everything that comes with it. I was going to ask, I'm glad you shared a bit of your experience because have you always felt this sexually empowered? No, I have not. I have not always felt this sexually empowered. I grew up in a really interesting way where I, I grew up as like a blonde white girl born and raised in Costa Rica, American father, Dutch mother, mom who was like, yeah, we'll like get you on birth control at 15 and like women's rights and like whatever. But then also like you look like a slut in a tank top at 15. And then at 13, you wear your first thong bikini because that's what we do in Costa Rica. That's just what it is. So like at 13, you're wearing your th- your first thong bikini. Your mom's calling you a slut for having double D. She's also telling you to like that she's going to put you on birth control and like to have your like sexual freedom. You're in a, a deeply, deeply, deeply fucked up machismo culture, you know, where Mm -hmm. it's like 
you're being looked at and sexualized from cat called it 11 literally and so i think all of those those opposites always tugging on me through especially throughout my teenage years like i had to start asking some questions about like what the fuck is it to be a woman what is it to have a body what is it to like to stand up to feel empowered like yeah like what is the shame that i feel around it it's coming from my mom it's coming from guys on the street it's coming from school it's coming from my best friends and and whoa like what does this all mean for me and who am i and through all of those opposites i yeah i just started asking the fucking questions and being like i don't want to live by these rules something about me you might not know is i have incredibly flat feet actually you might know that because max kind of trolls me on instagram about it quite often i have no arches so it's very important for me that my shoes have really great support and that's why i love vionic Vionic not only has super cute shoes, they've got booties, they've got slippers, they've got walking sneaks, but they're comfortable and they're supportive. All of the shoes from Vionic have their innovative Viomotion technology. It's a patent podiatrist designed footbed and it's built into every style. So when you step into this shoe, you can feel the contours. It's like a hug for your feet. I really feel that arch support, which is very important to me. Like literally, if I don't have arch support, my feet start to hurt after walking for like 20 or 30 minutes. And the best part is that there's no stress because Vionic's 30-day risk-free trial means there's no reason not to buy. Wear them, love them, or return for a full refund within 30 days if you're not satisfied for any reason at all. So really, there's no reason not to try because if something goes wrong, you can return risk-free. Use code REALPOD at checkout for free shipping at www.vionicshoes.com. That's www.vionicshoes.com using code REALPOD at checkout for free shipping. We love free shipping. So check it out today. Okay, where to even start? The male gaze, which we've been talking about, is so fascinating to me because you don't even realize like what the male gaze is until someone says like male gaze and then they start to define it for you. And for anyone listening who's like, what's the male gaze? I mean, how would you define it? I'm almost at the point where I'm like, I don't even want to call it the male gaze. I want to call it the capitalism gaze (laughs) because it's all about money in people's pockets, really. Mm -hmm. And that we're like going a step deeper here and we're kind of like skipping past a couple of stuff. So like I'll, I'll reel it back. But the male gaze is just what men deem attractive. And I'd say, like, if we just give examples, it's like catering to men. Like, if you think about like Megan Fox and Transformers, like, yes, she's cast in that role for no surprise. You know, she's stunning. She's serving the male gaze. Mm-hmm. Yeah, the male gaze. Yeah, it's like those TikToks of like the male's perspective of what a girl's doing to get ready for a date night versus what she's actually doing. Yeah, male gaze. My Google's not working, but also I think too, it's the way that women are portrayed for men's perception, specifically straight white men's perception. Almost like when you see how men write scripts of a woman getting ready for a date or how a woman does her makeup or puts her clothes on when it's like, no, that's not how we put clothes on. There's the classic cliche of like um, a man writing a novel and he's describing a female character and he's like, her breasts were voluptuous and her (laughs) ass stuck out half a mile. You know what I mean? Just it's like, okay, bro. Right. Well, something interesting about this is Emily Ratajkowski did a TikTok recently that I really related to about the way that the male gaze has been so heavily catered to that we as women also have adopted this male gaze. Like 
A hundred percent. And she said this thing about like, she was like, I think it said when you're having sex, you're not even thinking about the man if you're in a, a heterosexual relationship, but you're thinking about how you're being perceived, how you look when you moan, how you look when you do things, because that's what we've seen is it's all about the woman and how the way the woman acts. And I was like, oh my God, that is insane. Like mm-hmm. to think about how you're thinking about how hot you could be in a moment. The male gaze and the patriarchy has taken us over so deeply that we can't even be present. As women, we can't even be present for our pleasure. I'm just going to let that marinate. <laughs> no, it's true. Because you're thinking about how it looks, how it sounds. Yeah. And I'm like, you know, fucking everyone's like, oh, you're so empowered and blah, blah, blah. And it's true. But it's also like, I literally have to constantly fight in my mind, living my life, not through the lens of like a guy that I'm dating. Like I will literally, <laughs> I will, and I hope this is fucking relatable and that I'm not insane. I know that I am severely mentally ill, but like, you know what I mean? <laughs> oh yeah, it's so bad. Oh, uh, that's another episode though. Uh, <laughs> like we can go into all that. That's what made me, you know, all this shit. But I'm like, I... Even even in how empowered I am in my sexuality, like I left a fucking marriage last year and tra- and spent the last year like traveling the world and finding myself and whatever. Even still now, therapy twice a week, a spiritual coach. Like I've done the whole, I've done, I put frog poison in my body, okay? Like I have done. <laughs> you drink the Kool-Aid. <laughs> yes, I have done all of it, okay? I have done, I just spent a month in Bali. You know, I've done the all of it, all of it. I still, like there's a guy I'm seeing right now. I still, there's a few, but I, there <laughs> Flex. <laughs> I literally still have to battle not perceiving myself through his lens, even as I'm like in the kitchen cooking breakfast. It's so true. It's so true. No, and it is relatable. You said, is this relatable? It is. And like, I think that's I why to really, it's a freaking real pod. And this is funny because this is definitely out of my comfort zone, but that's the point, you know, we're going. But like, have you seen those TikToks that are just about the way that women have a obsession with lesbian porn and don't even watch men because of the way like straight women who are in straight relationships and who knows, maybe I think everyone's a little bi, but like everyone on TikTok, if you can, I don't know what side of TikTok I'm on, but my friends, my friends are on the same side. A little bi. (laughs) I'm not denying it, but they'll set like, so my friends are, there's a lot of people I know on this side of TikTok. Okay. Okay. But it's basically just like the way women find other women way more attractive than they find men attractive, regardless of their sexual preferences of like, even if they like to date and be with men. I also think that like the lesbian porn thing is really interesting because I also, I don't know if you have this. I have a lot of straight female friends who only watch gay porn, like gay male porn. Interesting. Yes, because I, I <laughs> as a rebellion. <laughs> No, because they're just like, it's way more like sensual and like whatever. I mean, I, I don't watch porn anymore. That's like out of, that's just out of my pleasure practice. Um, <laughs> I can't believe I just said that. Um, that's, a, I mean, that's a whole other thing we talk about. Anyway. You're already coming back for like another episode. Yeah, I like mean, at least. <laughs> so, but when I did used to watch porn, I only watched lesbian porn. And before I was really like grounded in my queerness and like really identifying with my sexuality and like liking people of all genders and then yeah being fluid in that way I remember being like okay I'm watching lesbian porn like does this does this mean I'm a lesbian like what does this mean for me but I remember just being so grossed out by men in porn because I was like that woman is being abused even if she wasn't yeah she wasn't because I'm just like and a lot of porn like I don't watch 
a lot of porn. But I do remember when I was like really young, my not really young, but you know, when you're like at that age in high school, you're like, oh, let's Google porn or whatever. Yeah. And I think the first video I saw was like just this. It, it was not. I mean, I don't even want to get into the details, but it was definitely a girl doing something that's not natural for girls to do and like pretending to enjoy it. But it literally looked so painful. Yeah. And I mean, that was like the first thing we ever saw. And it was it's like, can you imagine that? Like, and that's what young people are seeing of like, oh, this is how you pleasure men. This is how you make men happy. This is how you're desired. If you do these things and you look like this and it's yeah, and it's all about them. So, I mean, if we've kind of assessed how fucked up this male gaze is and how and the capitalism gaze. So how do we shift to define what is sexy for us? Because even you and I, we love the song Freaky Deaky Doja Cat. Um, and I want to get to my boudoir shoot. I yes. do. We, have, we need we to get through so many things. Margo shot my boudoir uh, shoot, uh, people. And yep. Yes, I did. <laughs> <laughs> it was an iconic day. I still haven't. I don't know what Max's reaction was. Or oh, like, he loved it. Yeah. <laughs> Period. <laughs> I'll get into how I feel. I won't, I won't bring in Max. Okay, okay. But um. <laughs> How do we define what sexy is? Because even in the songs Freaky Deaky, it's like itty bitty waist, but your ass so fat. Like it's defining a body type. And yep. it's like for me, especially coming from an eating disorder, I spent so many years of body neutrality where I'm like, it doesn't matter how I look. Don't look in the mirror. Don't look at the scale that all of a sudden now I'm like, wait, I do have to kind of get back in my skin yep. and whether I like it or not feel like my deflated tits because I went off birth control are sexy or my not fat ass is big because even though it's not, although I will say, I think having a fat ass is a mindset. A hundred percent. Sexy is a mindset. Yeah. So, I mean, like, what would you say? Like, how are we defining it if it's not these things you actually see and it's more of a feeling? I think it comes back. It comes back to empowerment, the buzzword, the whatever. But like, it's true. It's like you simply have to do the inner work. And I mean, I'm with you on the eating disorder journey. Like that's been a whole, a huge part of, of me getting to where I am and eating disorder brain. It never leaves you with you for life, or at least it has been for me. Right. It's like, how do you not kind of enjoy your stomach when it's flat? Like I still struggle with that because I'm like, that's the conditioning. I just gained 10 pounds during my six week long trip in Asia. I can't stop thinking about it. And my job is literally to photograph women and be like, you are fucking perfect and beautiful and divine and like everything that you could ever be. And I, I do think that because of my struggles and because of how real I am and vulnerable I am about like what I've struggled with and what I do still struggle with, it allows me to hold that space. And and I mean, now we're getting into like what I do, but it's like, bring, bring it back. How do we define what sexy is for ourselves? How do we remove the male gaze and like decide for ourselves? It comes back to empowerment. It comes back to a shift mentally. It comes back to being so rooted and self-sourced in your self-love, which I know we talk about self-love so much. Yeah, but I, I get what you're saying. Like, I remember thinking I have to be hairless. I have to be roll-less, bump-less. Like, I have to be this porcelain-looking, like, girl yeah. to be sexy. And honestly, like, even some instances with Max early in our relationship where like, you know, maybe I was, I didn't shave my legs or something wasn't perfect and he still was all about it. And I was like, dang, like the movies were wrong. Or like when you find someone who loves you for you, like they don't even care. It's an But isn't that thing. interesting how, like even what you're talking about right now, that's external. You're like, yeah. oh, Max loved my, like, or didn't mind my side roll or my unshaved legs. So like that made me feel okay. It's about 
literally removing that. Of course, mm-hmm. that helps, but it's also like, okay, then what happens when when the guy disappears, or what happens when he changes his mind? Yeah, and what then? Then it all dissolves for you. Yeah, no, you're so right, and I'm glad you just kind of called that out because I wrote down on my notes here. It says, how does someone feel sexy? And I wrote a little asterisk that said, like, it's a solo job. Because I think for the past year, I've especially been like, you know, I I think before the boudoir shoot that we did together, which, you know, for everyone listening, a boudoir shoot is just a sexy ass photo shoot you can do for your partner when you get married. It's kind of like an under... A lot of people, like 50-50 people know what it is or not. Um, okay, interesting. It's, yeah. it's, a, it's a lingerie shoot. Yeah, a lingerie shoot. And it could just be for you. It could be for someone. You know, for, yeah. in my thing, it was going to be a gift. But it ended up being way more for me. I think so Because that was like a like a really life-altering uh, challenge for me to kind of sit in this idea of like, can I be sexy? Looking at the photos and being like, wait, I'm hot. Like, or I... I can do this. I mean, I can feel good about it. And you were obviously a huge reason, like just hyping me up. But I was going to say that prior to that, I would kind of bring Max into things more like, you know, this isn't an actual example, but maybe someone's thinking, oh, you need to tell me I'm sexier more often. You need to initiate more often. You need to grab my ass more often. Like, you can go to your partner and be like, these are all the things you need to do to make me feel sexy. Yes, but it has nothing to do with them. And I actually went to Max. I think it was after our boudoir shoot. He didn't know I did it, but I said something to him like, babe, I kind of realized like my own hiccups and obstacles with like my sexy thing actually is totally on me. Like it has nothing to do with you. I love that. That's conscious as fuck. Yeah. And he was like, I appreciate that. Thank you. <laughs> because I think for a year I was like, you need to do all these things when really it's just, no, I didn't, I, I couldn't let myself be sexy. Yeah. Like, and, and oh, I'm, yeah, I could like, get into a whole thing about that. Like, and also just that moment of you, like taking that accountability and taking charge, that's fucking empowering and that's fucking hot. And I bet it made you feel sexy even to just like take accountability for that and be like, this is mine. Yeah. And you know what else comes up? I think it's, I think the fear of rejection is huge for everyone. And I think especially when you talk about sex or sensualness, sexuality, it's like, what if I am to strut out there in this lingerie outfit or with these unshaved legs or unshaved armpits or a nipple hair, whatever it is. And they're like, ew. And then you feel like you in that instant shrink from so confident and empowered to like, oh my God, I'm like, I'm not, I'm not enough in some way. Internalizing it. Yeah. And I think, I think rejection is a piece of this thing where it's like you, when you're trying to be sexy, you're trying to get the approval, the validation. And then if you're not, it's this, you could be rejected. So you almost have to do this work to prepare for like, if other people reject me, I'm going to be okay because it's how I feel about myself. Yes. Okay. This is one of my favorite things to consume and it is called Element. It is an electrolyte drink, and I swear this drink does something. It does something to me, okay? When I was on my Nashville trip, I was kicking myself that I accidentally forgot to pack my element packs because I have so many of them, and I had them laying out on the table, and I forgot to put them in my suitcase. And then on the trip, I was just like craving it. I had headaches. I was tired. I felt depleted, and I was like, just would have done anything for element. And the day I got home, I opened up a raspberry pack, mixed it with some water. I drank it and I felt so much better. Element is a tasty electrolyte drink mix with everything you need and nothing you don't. So lots of salt, but nothing artificial or funky. Element contains a science-backed electrolyte ratio of 1,000 milligrams of sodium, 200 milligrams of potassium, and 60 milligrams of magnesium. An element is formulated to help anyone with their electrolyte needs and is perfectly suited no matter what kind of diet 
or nutrition plan you're on, meaning if you're gluten-free, etc. Electrolytes facilitate hundreds of functions in our body, including the conduction of nerve impulses, hormonal regulation, nutrient absorption, and fluid balance. An element helps prevent and eliminate those headaches, muscle cramps, and fatigue, sleeplessness, etc. Those other symptoms of electrolyte deficiency. I noticed the difference immediately when I drink this. Like literally Aubrey was over last month and I wouldn't stop talking about Element and I literally hashtag influenced her to buy the deal that I'm about to tell you about right now. Element is offering RealPod listeners a free sample pack with any purchase. That's eight single serving packets free with any Element order. So this is a great way to try all eight flavors or share Element with a friend. Get yours at drinkelement.com slash realpod. This deal is only available through my link. That's right. You must go to drinklmnt.com slash realpod. And also Element offers no questions asked refunds. So you can try it totally risk-free. That's drinkelementlmnt.com slash realpod. If we're thinking of how do we rewrite a sexy body, I mean, how do you answer that question if it's not how it looks. I mean, it's like what we were talking about earlier. It's an energy thing. And yeah, it's an energy thing and it's a feeling, right? So it's like, it's really about your perception of yourself. And that's easier said than done because we're not living in a vacuum. We're mm-hmm. not we're not living in this room. We're, we're living out in the world where our, like we're scrolling through Instagram and we're seeing billboards and we're looking at celebrities on the red carpet and we're being sold. I mean, have you seen Julia Fox's TikToks recently? I love her. Okay. So like she she did a whole thing about like aging is fucking hot and like fuck this five, $500 like wrinkle cream, like getting old is hot and like I'm fucking done with like all the bullshit. Mm-hmm. And then a bunch of people came for her and were like, you literally did an ad for like a Botox thing. And she was like, yeah, I'm getting my bag. So again, like capitalism. I kind of disagreed with her. I loved her first video. But then when she said, I'm just getting my bag, I was kind of like, but so you're profiting off of the fact that you're selling into this message that we shouldn't age. And then you're coming on TikTok and you're saying that aging is hot. Like capitalism gaze. Yeah. And I get that she wants to get her bag, but I'm like, that's super hypocritical. It is. Yeah. And it's it to me. I'm like, that's serving the capitalism gaze. It's like, whatever. It's all about my fucking money. And I'm like, God, I don't want to live in a society like that. Mm -hmm. I just don't. I just don't. I'm like, I'm ready to buy my property in Costa Rica, build my little artist studio, have my garden and my chickens and my dog and my beach walks. And like people can come and hang out and we can like do deep immersions into like photography and plant medicine. And like, mm-hmm. I'm like, that's literally like yeah. at this point. And I've been living this L.A. life for like five years. And don't get me wrong. Like, I also love it. I'm 27 years old. Yeah. Been in L.A. for this long. Never had Botox, never had filler. I definitely am like I put myself on a pedestal for that, which is like, I need to ego check myself. There. And I think too, I, we have to think about the privilege of like having pretty privilege and having 100%. the ability to be like, you know, it's like we, it may be, if you're not getting wrinkly, you don't have to be forced with a decision to do it. Right. So there, it, it's, there's so much. And with like, with like, for instance, a celebrity like Julia Fox or, or anybody else, it's like, if I was walking red carpets and had like cameras in my face and was like doing interviews like this with these lights on me every single day, like would I be able to hold so steady in my like no Botox, no filler, no, no surgeries, nothing hard to say. Yeah. Hard to say. Like it's easy for me to be like, Oh, well like, yeah, I don't, I don't have any work done. And like, I'm so empowered and like, I'm so, I love my natural self or whatever. Because but you, it's all- you don't have millions of people scrutinizing your face every day. Exactly. And that's why I do have compassion for the Kardashians. Like, the thing that gets me is the lack of transparency. I don't care if you go get a 
Brazilian butt lift, but like, but just don't lie about it because then, and then profit off of your image. Yes. Because then people who don't recognize that you're lying and, you know, see the good of heart are like, okay, well, if I go do 50 squats every day and I eat kale and I cut out all my carbs, I'm going to look like this person because that's what they do. And it's like, no, they're lying to you. That's what gets me. And at the end of the day, it's literally like, okay, so like we really look at all this. Like we look at this male gaze. We look at all like the, 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 the like oppressing women for their sexuality, but then also wanting them to, to like have lip injections and BBLs and all this stuff. Right. Like it's like, again, with the, the, it's like two sides. It's, it's, fucking confusing. It's like how I grew up where it's like you have both things coming at you. And you're saying to women like women should be able to do whatever they want. But you have to ask yourself, why are you doing the plastic surgery? It's like because you have a deep rooted thing that how you were born isn't good enough. You know, what do you and it's like, okay, are you catering to the male gaze? Usually probably yes. But and like and and with all of this, it's like, what is this really about? Like, okay, like, why is why do why do we have this male gaze? Why do we like why do people get these surgeries? Whatever, whatever. And it's like, why is this being forced on us? Like, why is society still like, why are we being pushed in this direction? So people can profit. Mm-hmm. All of that stuff is for people to profit. Which gets back to that she's just getting her bag. It's like, she's profiting off of the... So she's a part of it. I yeah. would have rather her said in that video, like, you're right, I did that. It was years ago or it was whatever. I've changed now. I wish I didn't and I wouldn't do it again. That would have been a video I could get behind, you know? Yeah, it's because it's it's just it's perpetuating the cycle. And and so it's either for profit and it's usually men who are profiting. It's usually men who are CEOs of, of these companies of Botox or whatever the fuck. I mean, I don't know that for sure. We can fact check that. But like, I'm guessing for the most part, it's men at the top of these big beauty companies that are making money off of us, like buying into the beauty ideals that that they're setting. Right. Or it's to disempower women. When it comes to like continuing to keep us ashamed and guilt ridden and oppressed through our sexuality, it's like, okay, that keeps women out of power. Mm -hmm. So it keeps the patriarchy strong. Mm -hmm. So it's either serving capitalism or the patriarchy. Two things I want to get to before we have to wrap. The first thing, I guess, quickly is I selfishly want advice from you. So like, let's say I want to post a thirst trap, okay? And maybe someone can listening can relate to this in their own way, shape or form. I have that thought of, hmm. People who hire me to speak at their school follow me. Male coaches follow me. Dads follow me. That's what trips me up is the audience that would think this is inappropriate. This is promiscuous. How do I work through that and post what I want to post and look hot if I want to do that? It comes back to owning what's yours, like you did in that conversation with Max, and then leaving what's theirs to them. If you're like, I don't feel that this is inappropriate and this feels like me and this is something I want to share, then that's that. Then that's what's true for me. So it's mine. And any like guilt or shame or like inappropriateness or whatever that they want to put on me, that's theirs. And I'm not taking that on. Mm-hmm. That's a big part of it. Another part of it is just like the empowerment. And 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 part of it is also just not giving a fuck. Which is is not it's not so simple of just like, oh, whatever. I know like it's like we have careers, whatever. But even for me, like when I started doing OnlyFans, I was like, I'm going to lose clients. I'm going to lose clients for sure. I doubled my client base when I started OnlyFans because so many brands were. And of course, I'm in a different line of work. Can we talk about that? Like, is this going for you? Christiana raising her hand. Yep. I just wanted to add that to the question of what do you do when you want to incorporate like or share sexy pictures of yourself and you have a weird uncle, you have 
a boss in your life, what have you. I don't know. Everybody has something, right? I would just point out that that is not necessarily the only thing that you're posting, right? And so if you're sharing that, if you're sharing sexy pics of yourself, you're also sharing it alongside everything else. You're sharing it alongside what you're eating. You're sharing it alongside pictures of you with your friends. And people are forced when you do that to see every part of you and to see the sexy part of you as one component of you. Whether or not they've done the work to like accept it, they will understand that your sexuality and your body and the cool things that you love about yourself are part of you. So, yeah, I love that. Like we all have a sexual sexy side, but we act like we don't or we can't share it. And it's like, why are we all pretending we don't have hormones? Like Because keeping women separate from their sexuality and keeping women out of touch with their sexuality and feeling wrong for it keeps women disempowered and it keeps women oppressed. Mm hmm. Like I my my course, like I just taught this like course for a group of girls called Sacred Slut Unleashed. So much of that course was me being like the power that you have in like your business and in like your money making ability and like how you show up everywhere else in the world is so tied to the power that you have, the the connection that you have to your sexuality. Mm -hmm. If you have shame around your sexuality and having sex and showing up in a sexy way, I guarantee you that same energy transmutes into your work, into your business, where you're also going to have shame around like making too much money or like showing up Asking a certain way. for something you want. Yes, ma'am. Mm -hmm. Can we talk about that? Like yeah. in OnlyFans, I would, I don't know a lot about what you post on there. I don't know the business well. So this is an educational question. Yeah. Like, are you not profiting off of your sexualness on OnlyFans? Like, isn't that going back to the... I'm profiting off of my body, mm -hmm. which goes back to exactly what we're like technically not supposed to do as women. Not even that, but I, I guess in like, take it a step further. I'm profiting off of my body and I'm profiting off of my sexuality, which is what we've been told not to do. And I guess, so what you're saying is like, I'm, I'm like... It goes back to like capitalism and like serving men and serving the Well, I days. guess that is like you are saying my sexual thing is something to offer others value and then you're getting your bag for that. Like I'm like, how do you approach it? How do and I not approach think it's the male gaze, capitalism gaze? Part of it is I show up on OnlyFans, again, completely natural. I'm not like a pornographic porcelain sex doll, which if people want to be, that's totally fine. That's totally up to them. I actually, this is like, kind of radical the way that I approach OnlyFans and like I've, I've had a lot of people be like okay well OnlyFans is part of capitalism or, or, or OnlyFans perpetuates capitalism I'm like yeah I we live in a capitalist society I'm not just gonna like go live in a hut and like not make any money like of course I'm I'm gonna like do the work that I want to do I actually see my approach to OnlyFans as shifting the paradigm of what can turn people on my OnlyFans I mean subscribe to find out but like <laughs> I'm like my my OnlyFans is literally me like bathing naked under a waterfall and if people want to masturbate to that, I'm actually healing shit because I would way rather have people be turned on by like a woman who is empowered and like in her natural body and like enjoying herself in nature, like completely not in uh, not in like a, a free spirit. Yeah. Or, or just like literally just doing something so natural and doing it in, like naked than masturbating to something on Pornhub that where it's like they literally are it's it's all connected to like sex trafficking and, and abusive women and, mm -hmm. and whatever. So it's like people are going to consume porn no matter what. And if I'm creating like erotic art that is coming from like a really safe, empowered place, then 
I'm helping to shift people into a new idea of what they can think of as porn, mm -hmm. which is actually something that's coming from, yeah, coming from like a healthy, empowered place. Mm -hmm. Does that make sense? It does. It makes sense. I am still thinking about like the irony of like, no matter what we can assess about society, we still have to function within it in a certain way. Yeah. If we want to function, yeah. you know, yeah. which sucks. <laughs> <laughs> and you, okay. So like, also like prostitution is like the first job that ever existed. And like, it literally started as like men bringing gifts to women, like, like worshiping at the altar of their body. Now we are oppressed in our sexuality. We're told we're wrong for profiting off of our sexuality. Well, I think the best thing that I can say from an outside lens is the fact that women get to be in charge of it themselves, that they don't have to have someone else managing it, doing it, that they can say like, I can do it on my own terms. I can do what I want to do. I can charge what I want to charge. And I can do it at my comfort levels. Like, I think that's badass that there is a reclaiming happening of the creator that and one more thing I want to add is people often come to me about the OnlyFans thing and they're like, oh, like, how, how do you justify like selling your body? What I like to say in response to that, especially if 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 this is someone with like a nine to five, I'm like. So are you. You you're sitting in a chair all day for a big corporation and you're selling your your body. You are you're you're sitting in that chair all day, sitting in that computer typing away or whatever it is like when we go to work, unless we're freelance artists and then it's still we're we're always selling our bodies to capitalism if we're spending time working. The only difference with OnlyFans is that I'm profiting off of my sexual energy in addition to like my my mental energy or my physical energy or whatever. It's like there or there's like a sexual aspect to it. And people get really triggered by that because we're told that that's wrong and shameful. Yeah. And I'm like, I just don't ascribe to that. I don't ascribe to working with my sexual energy as wrong or shameful. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Before we finish, I want to get some tangible tips from you on how people can channel some of the sexy energy. I know for me, I've thought about like just sexier lingerie. Like, why am I always wearing a fucking nude bra and a nude thong? Because my mom told me that having a strap showing is tacky. So I've always bought in skin color. Like, you know, I need to go buy a red lace bra or like a fuchsia thong. You know, that I think sometimes a glass of rose, it takes the edge off a little bit. Music. I mean, what are some things that help you tap into this energy on a daily basis, not just before sex or for someone? Daily basis? Yeah. I mean, dancing naked in front of a mirror. Like just looking at yourself in that, like so many women, like we don't even look at ourselves. We literally don't even look at ourselves, just our nude bodies. Like, and it's like, you don't even have to be like doing something crazy, but just like actually like looking at your own naked body and like thanking it and like saying kind things to it, I think is really empowering. It's something I try to practice doing every single day. I also photograph myself a lot, literally like front camera, iPhone screen, whatever. I mean, that that can be intense. It's not like you have to be nude. You can be, be in a bikini. You can be in sweatpants and a sweatshirt and still like feel hot, take photos of yourself. I think, yeah, the like, which, sorry, quick caveat here is how society's told you like you're cocky and conceited if you love yourself. And we're having to unlearn that and be like, no, I can take photos of myself all day long and just fucking love the way I look because yeah. society likes when we don't like the way we look because then we can keep, they can keep selling us the diet products, the makeup products, all that stuff. Exactly. So, yeah, I think that practice of just like, yeah, coming back to yourself, the the gratitude for your body, looking at your naked self, whether it's like you're dancing sexy in front of the mirror or literally just like looking at yourself and like giving thanks to like what you every single part of you. 
photographing yourself I, I mean as a photographer like of course that's going to be like my number one that's helped me so much on on my journey of self, self-love and being empowered in my sexuality and taking time for your self-pleasure mm-hmm. that's big like not not having it be about anybody else like lighting a room full of candles I'll put like a meditation mask on my eyes like I got some oil next to me I'm laying down <laughs> I'm like I'm taking my time like actually and like we talked about this after the boudoir shoot too it's like it can start as early as like in the morning before you get into the shower, even if like literally later that night, you're like going to go somewhere and you want to be embodied in your sexual energy. Mm-hmm. You told you me know? that you were like, you can you can be going to a day of work and like just wear a sexy thong just for you, for you to know that you have a little bit of that spicy energy, not for you to take it off later or get, you know, it's yeah. which I think all of that is so helpful. Yeah. Margo, thank you so much. I definitely want to have you come back a second time. I feel like the people are going to love this. This is, <laughs> I hope so. This is, <laughs> we got, we got into it, but I feel like it was just the tip of the iceberg. Yeah. Thanks. And thanks for the work you do because it is so inspiring. And it's funny too, because I'll see your Instagrams and you literally are naked. And I'm just like, no, oh, I love Margo. Look at her. I don't sit there and think like, I don't sexualize you. I don't. So it is, it is for everyone who might consume your content or work with you or have other people in their life like that. I think we all kind of envy in a way just this ability to like kind of frolic through the world as like a human being who's growing, who's learning and like who is doing it for no one but themselves. All I want to do is be a permission slip for women's liberation and for everyone to just live their truth, whether that's posting naked on Instagram or working in a cubicle. Like I'm, I'm down for all of it, like whatever makes you happy and makes your soul come alive and makes you feel powerful and liberated. And yeah, so if I'm doing that, for you or for anybody else, then yeah. I'm, I'm living my purpose. Consider the permission slip you gave me cash. Yeah. <laughs> Thanks, babe. Thank you so much for having me and for trusting me with your boudoir shoot and, and this conversation. Thank you so much for listening to this episode of Real Pod. If this hit home or helped you in some way, send it to a friend, a teammate, roomie, share the love, share the realness. New episodes of Real Pod come out every single Wednesday. So make sure you are subscribed to this podcast so you never miss an episode. To leave a rating or review of the show, head to iTunes and let me know what you think. I love hearing from you. Not to mention, you can stay connected with RealPod throughout the week, seeing behind-the-scenes info and sneak previews of upcoming guests by following the at RealPod account on Instagram. All information about today's show and guests will be linked in the description of this episode. Thanks again for listening. I love you guys so, so much. Let's go dominate the day. And as always, keep it real. note that this episode may contain paid endorsements and advertisements for products and services. Individuals on the show may have a direct or indirect financial interest in products or services referred to in this episode.